Also, this podcast is sponsored by FNXFit.com. This website has protein shakes, powders, testosterone boosters, gummies, shirts, pretty much anything all about being healthy. Also, by the way, guys, you guys will get 10% off any order that you purchase with my discount code TJGleesack25. That's right, 10% off. And trust me, like 10% off will really help you guys out in the long run. Also, guys, if you don't like any of our products, well, we'll give you a refund with all your money back. So don't worry about that. You know, your money will be back. We'll get back to you once you meet your purchase. So go to FNXFit.com. That is FNXFIT.com. It will direct you to this, you know, awesome looking page. It's really just about staying healthy. And I know a lot of people want to stay healthy, especially during this time with the whole coronavirus out. So go to fnxfit.com, use my discount code TJGleesack25, and you'll get 10% off of any order. And if you guys want to get refunded, well, you'll get your money back. So uh, that's it. So let's go. Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much, much more. On today's episode, we talk with Paul Hutchinson, who is from Liverpool, and we just talk about his producer career, pretty much. He's a music producer, an edgy music producer, as we talked about in the podcast. We talked about the people he's working with, like Motley Crue, Fleetwood Mac. We also talked about Ghost and... Just to, he showed me around the studio, and this was a really fun interview, guys. Really nice guy, you know. And we shared the same interests. Just a positive guy all around, you know. Someone who, you know, enjoys doing his work and has been doing it for over 40 years. And it's just an all around fun interview. So I hope everyone enjoys it. That's going to be later in the program today. But there's something I really want to talk about that's been kind of, you know, exploding all over the internet and it's about the gender neutral potato head mr potato head everyone knows mr potato head hasbro created it they have a mr and mrs potato head well for some reason the company decided they're going to make it gender neutral now for one i don't really care i mean i know a lot of people are offended by it and yes it's kind of weird but i don't understand why somebody got really upset over a potato (laughs) <laughs> like to be brutally honest i don't i honestly don't know why it's just my opinion i guess but that's what that's what the show is it's basically you could talk about your personal life and opinions and you know it, it's really kind of weird you you could really say whatever if you're on a pod if you have a podcast but it's really my opinion i mean i don't think they should make a gender neutral potato head only because we have a mr and mrs potato head 
But on the other hand, I guess it's telling kids, showing kids a new generation of what's going on in the world, to be brutally honest. But I could be wrong. I don't know. But yeah, that's just been exploding all over the internet lately. And a lot of people are not taking it lightly. They're taking it very... It's like a lot of people are getting offended by it. I don't know. But it's... It's weird, I guess. Uh, to say the least. Anyways, guys. If you are new, make sure you like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Go follow me on TJTV on YouTube and Facebook. You can catch all my past episodes. Also, TJ's vlogs on YouTube as well. You can check them out. I'll be posting more videos as soon as possible, especially the movie that I'm going to be working on very soon. Um, yeah, guys, it's a you know crappy Sunday afternoon. Even though this will premiere on Monday. <laughs> but in any event, no, this is... Uh, this is a really fun podcast. I enjoyed it, and I hope everyone else enjoys it when they listen to it as well. But, yeah, guys, it's really going to be enough talking. Um, we have a little bit of uh, we have a fun week this week. We have another interview coming up that's going to be premiering on Friday, and we have a show on Wednesday on location, so stay tuned for that. So, yeah, so stay tuned, and... I hope everybody enjoys this podcast. So that's it for talking right now. I'm going to put some music on and then we're going to get on with the Paul Hutchinson interview. Only on TJTV.
All right, guys, I'm here with Paul Hutchinson. How are you doing today? You're all the way in England, right? Yeah, right, yeah. So what is it like living? Uh, I live in Pennsylvania. So what is the circumstances over there with COVID-19? How are you guys like handling that over there? Well, it's the third, I think it's the third lockdown we've got. We're in lockdown at the moment, but we're, uh, all the numbers are starting coming down now. So it's all starting to get okay. They're talking about relaxing it and, you know, letting certain things happen and stuff. I know everyone keeps asking me, which because I got... Because I got shot, I chopped all my hair off a while ago. I did have long hair, but and when I was in lockdown, the first lockdown, I just thought I'm going to chop it off. And because uh, you can't can't go to the hairdressers, but I cut my own, so that's what I tell them anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we so that we're not in lockdown anymore. I don't think we are, at least. So like in Pennsylvania, I guess we were in lockdown for a little bit. But then it kind of, the numbers went down in the summertime and now they're progressively going back up. So, yeah. you know. Well, I think we're coming through the other side of that third wave. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're starting to get, starting to look all right. You know, it's kind of coming good. Do you have any, like, what do you do, like, during lockdown? Well, I'm lucky because I just, I mean, I, I come here. So this is a, this is a recording facility. It's, it's my production house. And pretty much come here on my own. I'm working remotely on stuff. I'm working on a lot of, lot of albums and stuff, musicals, all kinds of stuff. So I've got plenty to do, basically. And I'm not, uh, I'm not breaking any rules because I'm not, there's no distancing because there's only me here. So. Right. So you've been a, mu- a music producer, progressive music producer, like edgy progressive. What is an edgy progressive music producer? It's someone who's bold. Someone who'll take chances and is bold and is not affected by what the norm is or what, what anyone else is doing. So pretty much it's just like, you know, a bold type of uh, producer, essentially. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I saw you work, you worked with Motley Crue, the Cars, the Turtles, and you've been in this organization for about 30 years. What was it like working with those big name bands? Well, it, it was it was great working with those guys. They were all talented dudes, you know. They, it, it, you know, like all the hype and everything. Like they were nice people and really talented. So it was great, you know. So it, it was really good. Um, enjoyed that tremendously. That's when I was working in Hollywood. So you did you live in Hollywood at the time too? I did at the time, yeah. What's it like? So what's what's it like with the atmosphere living from England then going to Hollywood to work with them? How's that? Uh, culture shock. <laughs> a cultural shock. <laughs> culture shock. A culture shock. Yes. Um, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's there's a lot of us. There's a lot of really, be- you know, there's positive and negatives with everything, but there was a lot of beautiful aspects of it because I tend to look on the bright side of it and try and remember all the good stuff. But uh, I just loved the fact that all the best gear was there at the time. So, um, and um, when we were doing that, because it was like early 80s when I went and did that. And, uh, um, you know, and uh, I was doing my own albums and some of these people were playing on my albums. Yeah. Um, so, um, so it was really good. And I, I, I did some work on Theatre of Pain demos and stuff with Motley Crue and knocked about with them for a while as well, which was pretty good. And, and Tommy Lee drummed on one of my tracks on my second album when I was signed to Electra Warner Brothers in New York. Do you ever party with them? 
Silly question, that one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they just did it all the time, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had some good times, you know. See, that's amazing. Like, I, I always, like, want to know, like, what was in their brain back then? Because we saw the movie The Dirt, obviously, but, like... Well, I mean, that, I mean, yeah, I mean... I know I saw that, and I thought, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it kind of brings some of it back in a way, but um, what, I don't, what I don't think The Dirt really addressed was how really nice those people were. Then that's the thing I hate about movies. Like a lot of movies that are documentary style type movies, they only show the the bad stuff they did back, you know, when they were drinking and doing drugs and stuff. They don't really address what type of person they were and how they were perceived uh, perceived by their family or like friends. Yeah, well, I, I, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I thought they were great people. I thought they were very thoughtful people. You know, and uh, they were talented and they were. They, they're pretty cool about everything. I thought they were quite laid back, you know, in, 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 in a certain way, you know, with what's going on, what they're doing and the people they're with, they're laid back there. Yeah, all right. They plus, you know, they put the, the pedal down to the metal, didn't they, when they were, you know, when they were enjoying themselves. They, you know, they worked hard and they really, you know, they, they play, played hard as well. Yeah, man, I feel you on that. And you also work with Fleetwood Mac as well. Well, actually, it was Lindsay Buckingham I worked with. Okay. Um, Lindsay, and um, he uh, he was working on my second album. Um, it's about the about the time he had he was I think it was his, what's that album he had? He went to did a solo album, Go Insane or something. Can't remember what it was. It's maybe that. And uh, I don't. I tend to, I'm, I'm one of these guys who doesn't remember amazingly what happened with things and stuff because I'm too busy on the next thing. You know, I'm, I'm really just living the moment, you know. And, uh, but uh, that's another amazing guy, amazing guy. What a wonderful man. Great talent as well. We did some jamming with him and it was amazing. It was, it was phenomenal. Now, how does... Get, I've, got a, I've got a bass guitar in the other room that he gave me. Oh really? It gave, it gave me a Kramer bass. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing, amazing piece of piece of, piece of kit it is. I think Kramer gave it to. Him. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, Toby Keith? Toby Keith, I'm country. not actually. No, he's a country. I thought you were, all right. I thought you were going to say Toby Wright then. Well, in any event, my cousin he used to work with him. He was a rigger, so he would rig lights and stuff for the concerts. And I got to help hold his guitar that he played that exact night that I went to the concert. It was really awesome. This is that's amazing. cool. That. Yeah. So that's good. Did... Which one was it? Was it? Was it that? Was it that wooden one with the little things in it? It's like, a, is it a Godin or something like that? Was it? No, it was. Is it like it looked like an acoustic guitar, but it was an electric. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, yeah. I actually have the picture somewhere on my phone. All right, um, cool. But in any event, how does one? you know, get to know these, like, Fleetwood Mac, like, the Fleetwood Mac Motley crew, because back in the 80s, there was no social media, like, so how does one, how does one get to know those guys? Okay, well, I was, I suppose I'd have to go into my history a little then, wouldn't I? Um, well, I, I was an artist. Um, me and this other guy from, I'm originally from Liverpool, so, with the name Paul, you should have guessed that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I might say something funny, you know. And uh, 
and we 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 got signed up by A and M in London, and we basically um, we interviewed this producer to do our record. Can't remember what his name was. It's good really because it was this probably be disrespectful talking to him, talking about him like this. But anyway, we kind of wiped the floor with him, so he was kind of no good for us. Right. Do you know what I mean? We 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 took control of the situation and. It's not what you want out of a producer, is it? You want someone you want to take charge, guy, don't you? So, uh, and then we, uh, and then we went, we went, uh, and then we, um, we sat down with Roy Thomas Baker. Have you heard of Roy? Right. Have, have you heard? Have you heard of Roy Thomas Baker? No. Nah. He, he produced Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen, Cars, Foreigner, Journey, all them. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and anyway, so we. He, he, wiped, he wiped the floor with us, so we went with him. And then he took us to Hollywood because he used to live up Sunset Plaza Drive. And uh, uh, so we went to Hollywood. And he was English, English guy, uh, obviously. He did quite well with Queen, didn't he? So, yeah. um, so, um, so I worked with him for quite a few years. And when I was 22, he asked me to produce it for his company when I was 22. Um, so anyway, um, so we did two albums with him. Uh, he was executive producer on the second album, and then a guy called Gordon Fordyce, who's in Altadena in Hollywood, he's still there now. But he's a he's a British guy as well, and he can he, he produced the second album, which was the Warner Brothers one. So uh, so we did an A and M one and a Warner Brothers one. I think they were about both about. I think we spent half a million quid on each. Okay. So um, so anyway, so went with Roy because he knew all these people. They were all coming around to his house for a party and stuff and everything like when we were there and you're bumping into him and he says, oh, do you want such a body to play? Would you need someone for that? Oh, you, what about such a body and stuff? Like, it was all that. It was all available. Anybody was available. So that's how you just met all those guys? Just... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. So you've been doing this for about 30 years, you said? That's about 40 odd, yeah. 40? <laughs> Did you have any inspirations like to get into this stuff or was it like, did, were you a fan of the Beatles? Uh, well, obviously I would imagine you're a fan of the Beatles, but did no, not particularly. I respect them. It wasn't my bag. I, I, I was brought up listening to soul and reggae in Liverpool. I didn't really think that was popular though, but in, uh, in Liverpool. Oh, but, oh, big time, big time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of English people like soul and reggae. So I've, in fact, I've, I've just finished a reggae album. I've got my first single out on that. Uh, my next album is going to be a rock album, so I'm kind of mixing it up a bit. <laughs> but that's just me as an artist. But I, I work on work with other people as well. I do all kinds of stuff. It's 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 kind of fills my boots, you know, being able to flexible, being able to just adapt to other things and what people need. And it's it's great that I get to work on all kinds of stuff. I'm not. I'm not stuck with genre. So it's just different genres every time you produce something. Well, whatever we cross genre as well. I mean, I've done a. I've done a hip hop country country track that was really commercial, uh, because that's the best way the song came out. So that's why I did it, not for any other reason. I also for the song. The song's king, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I've also read a lot of a lot of people in England. They're very they're what's the word they're very connected to rap there there's a lot of people that out in england that are just like amazed with rap and they love rap 
Like I saw an interview with Daniel Radcliffe uh, once, and he was saying rap is very big in his country, and he actually rapped on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I think it was not too like about a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is quite big, um, especially especially with the new generations of people. Uh, but I mean, having said that, I'm, I mean, I'm working with a I'm working with a band who used to be signed to Polydor um, called the Dust Junkies. And that rap, the, the rapper for, for that guy is world class. And so I've just been doing something with them. It's like Jimi Hendrix guitars with rapping over it with, with the hip hop beat. Right. So what what's is that? So what's it like growing up in Liverpool then? Well, I mean, I, 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 moved, I moved from Liverpool to a place called Wigan, which is in between Liverpool and Manchester. So like, uh, so, you know, Liverpool and Manchester kind of my stomping ground. But I, I, uh, I, I was about nine or something like that when I uh, moved from Liverpool. What was it like? It was amazing. You could, there was magic in the air for sure. In the, Cause it was the sixties. I was born in 1960. So uh, obviously, you know, um, there was a lot of things as well. And my father used to work at a place called Hesse's Music Store in Liverpool center. That's where the Beatles used to get all their equipment from. Did your dad ever meet the uh, like meet them personally? Yeah, pr- probably, he d- probably. I, I I never asked him that to be honest. But he, I remember he 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 did all kinds of things. He put the monitoring system in the cavern in Liverpool and all kinds of things. And he probably went, you know, crossed paths when they gig. My, my father was an artist as well, but he used to he used to sell equipment as well. So he used to like hold a, a couple of jobs. And there was this theatre that. Uh, that was in Liverpool called the Shakespeare Theatre. He used to back all the artists in that and that, but that got burnt down. That was an amazing little theatre, that one. You know, proper balconies, the whole nine yards, you know. Right. All the, the organs coming up from the floor and all that. Old time <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's just amazing. And this is your full-time job, right? Yeah. Yeah, in fact, in fact, if... if um, if I hadn't have had to redo some mastering for a, for a vinyl cut yesterday and been doing this today, uh, it's like like last week I did Saturday and Sunday. I think I finished it at, at 10 o'clock uh, last Sunday night. So I've kind of not had a day off for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I love what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a chore, you know. I've got, I've got some, I've got some fantastic stuff in here. It's like, I've got a lot of vintage analog stuff in here. And I've got a state-of-the-art digital, uh, it's called a universal audio system from California. Right. Recording system, which is, uh, I think, I think it doesn't get much better than that right now. Yeah, I feel you on that. I mean, I kind of wish, like, this is, like, my second job, like, my part-time job podcasting. But I also have a full nine-to-five job where I work with in the car business. And yeah. So I work like three or four different jobs. This is my second job podcasting. I film and do editing, which is my third job. And my other job is like, it's kind of just like a once in a while thing, Lyft or Uber. You ever hear, you know, those services? Yeah. I yeah. do those. So it's like, I'm working four, jo- uh, four jobs, but this is technically what I really want to do. Just talk to people like, you know, all over and, you know, get to know them more. Well, you've got a really good feel for this. I'll tell you that. I feel totally comfortable with you. And that, that's what I like. I mean, a lot of people who come on the show, I always had, I always feel like testing the waters. Like, and I, I feel weird doing it because I know like certain people are like, you know, weirded out by some questions I ask. Like I always go like, you know, what's the most traumatic thing that ever happened in your life? And then 
they say, well, I don't really want to talk about it, but then they just get into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're asking sensible questions, so it's cool. Did you have no need to? No need to be, you know, no need to be defensive whatsoever, you know. Oh, by the way, I've got a little bit of a flag there. Hang on, there you go. Yeah, I see. <laughs> it's because I've, um, the story is, it's like uh, the band I had before I went solo, um, but um, had a guy called Tom, uh, Tom Johnstone, and he was from New Jersey. He's, he's, he lived in England and he's play upright bass and stuff and uh, um, worked with him for quite a few years. And then uh, uh, he's moved to Holland, so I'm not working. I, I, sometimes he sends me stuff remotely when I need it, but it's not the same, is it? Because we used to go out acoustic and play 2,000-seater uh, venues and stuff. Right. Which are really good, you know, and, you know, uh, acoustically, so which was, which was great, really. And uh, before that, it was kind of electric, and it was quite a heavy band. And, uh, and the bass player was a guy called Sean Regan, right? And he actually lives in Pennsylvania now. Uh, he's like my brother. He's, he's kind of half English, half American. His dad's, dad's American, his mum's English. But he's been there a little while now. And uh, I've not seen him for ages. Not seen, not seen, it's like he keeps saying, like, because of what's been going on, he's been dying to come and see, you know, to come, to come and see us. But what a bass player he it's unique, unique for heavy music and stuff. Unique to so much. It's like his technique is just, it's it's like, uh, it's all feel, it's all feel basically. It's just a uh, thunderous girl. But anyway, I just wanted to put a little tip towards Pennsylvania there because he's there now and he's my brother. <laughs> yeah, I see, I, I kind of like that you know people all over, like you're you know people in the area that I you know live around like you mentioned New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I I don't know anybody who lives like across seas from us. Like I, the only person I actually know is my cousin. He's working in Germany right now. That's the only person I know. But it's just amazing like you know all these people like in different like states and it's pretty awesome. Like you know this is your full time job. You're doing you're making moves, you met famous people in your day, like back in your day. And it's like, it's amazing. You never know who you're going to meet and like who they know and the connections you have and whatnot. Well, it's the daft thing about it is, is that I still feel like a, I still feel like a teenager. I still get up every day trying to learn something new. I feel fresh. I feel like a sponge. I take things in. And, uh, and I still feel the magic of uh, what's the next thing, you know, how good am I going to get the next thing I'm working on? So still create and I still put things out. And um, it, I mean, I've got I've got a few different attributes to myself. Um, I don't know whether you re, uh, whether it said it or not. I play a lot of instruments, but I'm also opera based vocal trained from a from a, a guy who's probably not with us anymore called Dr. Dean Verhans from the Hollywood Hills. So opera based vocal training. So I'm I'm a vocalist as well. So I've got like a big fat smoky voice. <laughs> but but um, so so you know I don't really think and uh, okay so I'm I'm 60 years old right but I don't think I've peaked yet so I really feel fresh and you know I feel I feel like I'm just uh, just starting out. So you get up at you get up early at all when it comes to going to work or do you just get up at like I'm I'm here for six minutes past eight usually. Oh really? In the morning, yeah. Six minutes past eight. Yeah. Sometimes I sometimes only go home at eight o'clock at night. 
So you would pull like 12 hour days? Sometimes. A couple of, couple of days a week, yeah. Now, when you first were starting this, did you have like, did you ever like speculate like if this fails, what's like what's going to come after this? Like, did you have a backup plan if it failed or not, or no? Um, don't know, really. It depends what philosophy you're using, but I'm, a, um, I'm very spiritually charged and I'm very confident about who I am and, and, and confident about my love for the universe. So I think everything's in divine order and, uh, you know, I'm bold. So kind of that as well. So I've not really got a backup plan, you know, but I'll do whatever I have to do when I have to do it. But I've not really got a backup plan, but I've been, I've been doing this for quite a while now. And it's, it's quite, a, it's quite a, it's quite an amazing place really. And I mean, I'm, I'm not, see, I'm not, I know it's like, a, it's a beautiful complex here, but I'm not kind of, you know, I'm not kind of selling it I'm not kind of selling it like a commercial studio. Um, you, you know, like I'm not selling studio time and stuff. I sell, I sell me and throw the studio in on. And I let, you know, so all this, all the equipment here is like not trashed. It's not, you know, it's, it's all, it's all great. Do you want me to show you around? Yeah, you can show me around. Can see from there. I don't know what you can see from there. It's all up. More than you can see from there. Yeah, I can see a little bit. Did you rent this place out at all, or? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Why do you mean? You mean let? You mean let people use me? Yeah. 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 I work with all kinds of artists. Whoa. There's all, all kinds. Of, there's all kinds of things knocking about in there. See. This, I've got this just tons of stuff I'm, I'm not sure you, but I've got I've got everything. I better see a doctor about that, eh? <laughs> no, I like it. It's really it's really retro looking. I like the retroness. Oh yeah, there's loads of valve and and transistor equipment in there. But um it's uh, it's an amazing place, bro. See, I always wanted to go to a recording studio, but I know it's going to be a little bit before I can actually fly all the way to England or you know, what's it called? Wing pen? No, Wigan. Wigan. Um, yeah, well, I'm actually, is where I am is like, it's like, a, it's all kind of part of the, the county Lancashire. Okay. Um, but I'm in a place called Adlington at the moment, which is ne really near Bolton. And near Wigan, it's in between Bolton and Wigan. Ah, uh, okay. But, uh, but it's uh, it's like twenty minutes to Manchester and probably forty minutes to Liverpool from here. Hmm. Which isn't that bad. No, it's not that bad at all. It's like there's a, a wealth there's a wealth of music and artists and stuff in Liverpool and Manchester and, and Lancashire and stuff in the northwest of England. It's just like buzzing and bubbling. It's like the center of the universe for it, from, as far as I'm concerned. It's like Nashville over there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> See, I've only, I've been to Hollywood, LA. I've been to New York, obviously. But uh, Phil, everyone says, like, you know, whenever I tell them where I'm from, like, I'm right outside of Philadelphia, I'm like 40 minutes away. They're saying, like, 
well, that's a great place. That's where like music was born. And whenever I walk through the city, I'm thinking like, it doesn't really see, it doesn't like, I don't get the feel of it, but like when you're in New York and Hollywood, you get to feel like, you know, you belong because you're around. Yeah. My cousin's yeah. a musician too. He, you know, makes, he makes music. So basically, you know, you get that feel when you're in New York and uh, LA, but when you're in Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, you don't get it. I don't get it. Any, uh, any feel for it to yeah. be honest. Well, I mean, to be honest, the great thing about it is all, it's all God given anyway. And there's going to be somewhere someone stuck in a little shack somewhere in the middle of nowhere is phenomenal. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. You can't, and there's, and if you think of every place, like, I mean, I've not, I've not been to Philadelphia. I haven't been to Pennsylvania. Um, I've been, to, I've been to New York, LA and Palm Springs, but uh, which, so really I've not seen America, have I? <laughs> but but uh, I mean, there's going to be like uh, everywhere I go and, uh, you know, in different countries as well as like uh, in different countries of Europe, loads of those. Um, there's always, you know, like people's have a concept of what those people are like through what, what it's portrayed like. And I just don't take any notice of that. There's some beautiful people everywhere, some good and bad everywhere. And there's some amazing places and beautiful places to walk and beautiful scenery everywhere if you look for it. You know, so it's all good. It's all good, man. You don't, it doesn't matter where you are now. The world's gone that small, hasn't it? And the internet's kind of helped that, but the world's so small now. So, you know, it's like um, people are people wherever you look, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess the one good thing about, like, what we're doing right now, like, it goes on social media, like YouTube, Facebook, whatever. And somebody who could listen like either on your end or my end, somebody could be like, Oh wow. I could, I want to sign like Paul for like a multi-million deal or, you know, TJ has a great voice. We could put him on a, a radio station out here. We'll just sign it. We'll give him like money to live out here for, until he gets like on his feet. And that's what I like about social media. You never know who you're going to meet, but you never know who they know who listens to what, you know, we're doing pretty much. That's it, and I've, you know, and obviously the way I the way I think is you kind of, you kind of manifest, you create your own reality in this game anyway. So it's kind of what you think of and what you eat and breathe, is what you're gonna get. Now, do you believe that like, it could take years for you to like progress, like progressively to go from like start from the bottom and then you to go up all the way? Do you believe like that's like, the um, you think that's what most people go through? I think a lot of people go through it. I wouldn't say most people. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have my opportunities uh, pretty early. Um, I was 20, 21. So, um, uh, well, a lot of my opportunities anyway, when I was younger. But um, yeah, the thing is, if you believe in you and you believe in what you want to do, other people will start believing in what you want to do and people will start taking you serious. Well, that's how you manifest. You've got to live and breathe it, whatever you want to do. And, uh, you, you, you know, you might get lucky. Someone might see you. You might just, your face might fit. Or your voice might sound right and stuff like that. Someone will go, listen, listen, I really want that guy. I'd like, I get a good feel from this guy. You know, he's not full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> or, or sorry, because it was, I was not supposed to say that on radio. Oh, you could curse, dude. You could curse. Go for it. I'm not going to go. I'm, I'm not going to do it for the sake of it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, anyway, 
yeah, yeah. Anyway, so and it wouldn't surprise me if someone does take you up and you do progress very rapidly. Just keep keep going, keep doing what you're doing because you obviously love what you're doing. You're obviously good at it. So keep going, bro. It's, it'll be fine. Just keep got just got to believe. That's what I'm doing. I mean, I started this. So I started this in 2015, and uh, I so I had to go. I come up from a uh, traditional family, American family. You know, a mom and dad, two sisters. Even though it's you know the rich man family, as you know my you know my parents like to call it, one son, one daughter. In any event, I grew up. My sister's in college or gets out of college. I'm going to college, and my mom's like, "All right, what do you want to do?" I said, "I want to be on the radio." Cause I did a class like that in school, in high school. She was like, well, you're not going to make it in radio. You're not going to do this, that, and the third. And I looked at them and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do podcasting then because that's, that was, you know, up and coming. So I started doing webcasts on Facebook and I would just talk with random people around the world, like me and you right now. And then I met a couple famous people, did interviews with them. And then one person came over to my house who was on a MTV show. My mom's like, uh, how are you getting all these like, pe- how are you getting like a couple famous people on? I was like, it's because I'm believing in myself. And now I have two sponsors doing the show, the podcast. And I'm still, you know, interviewing, I interview famous people every now and then, like a couple every now and then, but this has been going on for six years. And I think after my six year anniversary show, that's coming in June, I think that's where my career is going to like kick off because I feel like I feel it coming. I feel like this career like is going to, you know, broadcast into a bigger, better, you know, thing in the next couple of months. I have that feeling. Yeah, me too. Well, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people don't believe in, in themselves too. And yeah, well, I mean, yeah, this, uh, like, we're, we're, we're amazing beings we're, we're, we're kind of uh, amazing beings in the universe right now and we're not a speck of dust that doesn't matter and, and uh, twinkle you know we're uh, or a grain of sand or something like that we're, we're substantial what we can bring to uh, you know what we can bring to the earth and to to the universe and everything that is uh, is is really good and it's simple really all you have to do is follow your heart and fill your soul that's all you need to do I have a lot of friends who actually, so I didn't go to college, like I didn't finish college. I got my associates and I was going to go get my bachelor's, but a lot of my friends who got their four-year, I got a two-year degree, but a lot of my friends who got their four-year degree, they're working at like a convenience store. And I'm just think, looking at them I'm like, well, what do you want to do in life? They're like, well, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm just like, well, why don't you do it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm busy. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, we have I- a we have an English saying for that, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it translates, but it, it, it's basically shite or get off the pot. <laughs> that's different. Well, that's that's what it is. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Let someone else shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, get it done, you know, do it or don't do it. That's what it means. Yeah. And that's, that's what I tell my friends, like, just do it. If you, if this is your, what your passion is, just do it. I see, I have a fiance. I live, I have this big new house that I just bought like two weeks ago. And, you know, I took a two week break, but I'm getting right back in the game. I'm like, you know, I got to get back into this. And my friends, all my friends are like, well, 
you know, I'm, I'm jealous because you have a house and this, that, and the third, and I can't manage my time. Like you can manage your time. It's not that hard. Well, it depends if you want something bad enough, you'll get it done. So, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it took me a long time to get this together, but it took me a long time, most of my life, to try and get it together because I was saving up gear from the 70s and everything, trying to, knowing that I was going to, you know, kind of build it like this. This is, It's a beautiful place, this, man. It's, it's, it's kind of in the country. If you go walk half hour that way, you're into lakes, forest, castle, uh, mountains. What more can you ask for? See, I'm not in the city. It's, that's what I made a point of uh, being quite chilled, chilled around here, you know. But and I don't have clocks in here either, you know. So it's not that, you know, it's not that type of thing. And that's why, because I'm not a commercial studio pushing studio time. Because I won't just, I won't, I won't work for anything less than a, a day session anyway. But then people, you know, uh, um, employ me as Paul Hutchinson to to produce that. Because so, I've got I've got like a strapline Paul Hutchinson producer and creative catalyst for aspiring artists. That's my strapline. So yeah, so, I, you know. I, I was going to say that I'm right now. I'm basically in the country as well. So four miles from where I'm at. Did you ever hear about Westchester, Pennsylvania? I've heard of Westchester. Yeah. So I'm like about thirty but minutes. Isn't that, it, isn't that posh? Well, it, yeah, well, kind of. I mean, it's 30 minutes the opposite way, but I'm in the countryside of it. So I'm not in the city. Yeah. So I'm in the countryside of like that area, like down. It does. It. Sounds great, man. I, oh, I love living in the, I love living in the woods because it's quiet, you know, <laughs> compared to where I used to live. I lived, I lived on a busy road in the suburbs of Philadelphia and it was nothing but car horns and people yelling. I hated it. I don't hear anything out here. It's lovely. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe in, um, now you're a spiritual person. Do you believe in like ghosts and UFOs and stuff or? Well, it's, I don't see what the big deal is with it. It's got to be part of life, hasn't it? I mean, it's a big universe. I mean, we, and you remember God, God made everybody, not just, not just the earthlings. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I don't see it as being a big deal. It's obvi we're obviously related to other beings somewhere in, in galaxies or whatever. It's not surprising, really. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'm a spiritual guy. I, I did uh, studied uh, Reiki in the French Alps and came, became a Reiki master uh, practi practitioner. Really? So, so, yeah, so I like working with energies and stuff like that, so... I've got, well, I don't know, you can't see it. I've got salt lamps, a Buddha's head over there and some incense and some Tibetan bowls over there and stuff like that. I'll show, I'll show you. Hang on. Can you see that? Yeah, I see it. Part of the vibe. <laughs> no, I like that vibe. It's a cool vibe. Well, it's just, yeah. I like it as well. It's pretty cool. So I just try, it keeps you grounded. I try and keep as real as possible and, uh, and try and tune in because we, we're channeling. You're channeling a lot when you're creative. You're channeling a lot. If, you know, unless you're being intellectual and you're just nicking people's ideas, which doesn't turn me on. So you like being a real person, like as real as anybody can get and not try to 
you know. Well, yeah, try and yeah, try and get inspiration from source, which is the ether where everything everything is, you know, uh, however you describe it, where it all comes from. See, that's what I like though, because a lot of people they'll steer, they'll steal, they'll they will steal other people's ideas, and you know, they'll, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like it happened to me a few times. Like a lot of people who came on my podcast, they started doing their own podcast, but they would do it the way I do it. And I'm thinking, why are you doing it? Like, why are you copying my style? And they always think they can beat me at my own game, but I look at them and I'm like, look, well, I mean, they don't realize that, that, that you're you, you've been growing up a different way. You've got a different brain. You've got a different philosophy. You're a different person. So you've got to be yourself. If you're going to be the best person at what you do in the world, you have to be yourself. Because otherwise, you can not be. You can never be better than the person you're copying. Now, do you feel like when it comes to like, I, I've read this like on many radio shows, do you feel like talking about your personal life is more gets people's attention do you think that's an attention getter when people talk about their personal life, like and stuff that's happening? Happening. Well, I don't know really. It depends what it is. It depends what it is because you know if you want to talk about all the draw, unless you're actually trying to, unless you're trying to give people lessons in something or let them learn about a certain thing because of negative things that have happened to them, I don't see the point of being negative. If the, um, uh, not that you said that it was negative, but personal things about them. a lot of people go through trials and tribulations. And to be honest, to be honest, everyone does. And it's, it doesn't always need to be talked about. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people use their personal life and like personal current event or like current events that are happening around the world. They use that a lot in their music. And I feel like that's also a good move as well. Oh, you, I think you have, I think you have to, I think that's real. I mean, I mean, if we're sitting down talking about something, or if we go for a write a song and I put something down, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, yeah, this, but that's for real. That's for real. What you're going through and what you're thinking about right there, you put it in a song. That's for real. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I see. I don't know. I, I sometimes talk about my personal life when it comes to the show, but I try to do it in a different way. Like, I don't say, yeah, you know, I had a you know, fish last night for dinner and we didn't, we just watched TV. That's boring. You got to like spice it up when it comes to talking. It's about almost stuff. like, it's almost like taking pictures of your dinner on Facebook, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I hate that with people. I mean, when they post on, like I'll watch, I'll go on Twitter right now and I'll, the first post I'll read is, um, let's see. A, a picture of a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. Picture of a glass of wine. Uh, somebody's saying, Oh, I'm walking with my daughter today. Uh, there's a girl dancing on uh, Twitter right now. It's it's amazing, just like what the and and they get views on it. I don't understand that. Like, how do you get a view views and like you know likes on your pictures if you're just well, dancing and whatnot? It, I think I think sometimes I don't know. I mean, sometimes God bless them. The certain people are just not not really willing to consider whether other people think what they're doing is interesting. Okay, I get that. Yeah, and there's you know there's, there are there are people about some people uh, stop you somewhere, start talking to you, and start talking about something that really you're not really interested in. You're just being polite, but you know it's like um, why don't they stop and think? Is, is this guy interested in it? And <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is it you know is it is it is it cool to talk about it or not? There's some people are blind to that. 
And yeah, I, think, I think that's a similar thing. Kind of, yeah, I, I can see where you're going. I can see where you're going with it. I also feel a lot of people, they don't put their all into like when they're making like videos or, you know, talking about stuff on their podcast. And a lot of people who do put their all into it, they don't get recognized. But the people who put very little work, I feel like they get more recognized because... Well, they're try- maybe they're just trying to be too cool and I'm not. maybe they're hiding behind the facade of cool, but maybe it's not that cool. I don't know. And uh, the other people are burying their souls a bit and stuff like that, and it's for real. I don't know, but you, I don't know. That usually resonates with real people anyway. I don't... I think people are not stupid. I think they can, I think they've got you know they can get a feel for when someone's d- doing it for real or not you know and but obviously people rely on a lot of technology and a lot of trickery and and I mean for instance this reminds me of uh, when we were growing up uh, so there's no internet so we spent pure time on our instruments pure time. Or if we went out and played with someone, we'd go and knock on their door, see if they didn't know we can't come out today. We didn't phone anybody up or anything. And and all I'm saying is, like, we, we had to basically spend, you know, it's that type of thing. You know, you, if you were interested in music, you'd sp- you stay in loads and loads and loads of playing your instruments. You wouldn't be any, you, you wouldn't be spending time trying to push yourself on media. You'd be get, trying to get good at your art form. Whereas a lot of people spending so much time on making themselves look good. And the actual backbone of the game isn't there. Yeah. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Pure time. Yeah. Pure time people are spending on the internet. things. I mean, if it's, your, if it's your thing and it's your job and it's your tool, it's your tool. But if you're a musician, you should be getting really good on your, mu- on your instrument, shouldn't you? Yeah. I feel you on that, man. That's why, that's why people adhere to all the art artists that were knocking about in the 70s and even in the 80s and stuff like that. That's why people still hang on to that because not a lot of that about now. You feel like people, you feel like artists and people can evolve in life. Like say, let's say Motley Crue, they were outrageous and stuff back then. Now they're, you know, let's just, let's just come up with this scenario. Now they're playing, they're doing, they mix up their music. They're doing more poppier and, you know, boy banish stuff instead of the stuff they did back then. Do you feel like people can evolve like that? Well, I don't know if they're being true to themselves and they're feeling it. I mean, I've got a lot of respect for all those boys anyway. So um, whatever makes them happy, they deserved it. They've done it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, m- me personally, I just, I don't know, from my point of view, I, I, I seem to be getting more edgy. The edgy is more... Uh, is, I suppose you could call it cooler. I seem to be, you know, getting a bit more edgy because I started off very musical and then I unlearned. I, I went I went to uh, a couple of times I did this. I went to other production houses, pretend I didn't know anything. I couldn't play anything. I couldn't sing anything. I hadn't, didn't know about all the American stuff. And uh, when I went in there, it was about two years be, being there and learning, like an urban office. And they're not very good musicians. They're all DJs and they're all throwing loops together. And I wanted to find out where all the edge came from. And then I realised that uh, I realised that uh, um, that uh, taste came from limitation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Lim- yeah. Uh, limitations give you taste because what you can do, not so much, but you get good at that. Um, 
and uh, and it's edgy. It's like these guys, street guys. It's like it's raw. It's got it's got it's got a dangerous edge to it. It's nice, man. It's uh, it's fresh. It's raw, you know. And, and so I was, you know, so I, I, that's always a big part of my game, as as is the quality of it, the power of something, the explosiveness of something. I'm talking more of a, you know, when I'm mixing, mastering, or plotting plotting sounds and stuff like that. I kind of, you know, I've got kind of a. I, I don't. I haven't got a British, particularly a British production. It's more transatlantic my production, but it kicks ass. So I've got. I've got all the best of the concept of the English, and I've got all the creaminess of, and, the, and the performance of the Americans. So I've got both of that stuff in there. Right. So, but it's it's quite you know it's 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 different. <laughs> See, I think I think being edgy nowadays is the way to go, especially when it comes to making videos or making podcast content. So for example, I did something that was edgy on YouTube about two years ago and the cops got involved and my friends got involved and it wasn't intended to be that. It was just a series. And now needless to say, I don't talk to this person anymore because they're pissed off at what I did a few uh, years ago. And they still don't talk to me to this day. And I don't know what it is. I, I'm just like thinking that's who I am. I like making edgier content. Mm. So basically it was it was pretty much I made this kid disappear. I this kid got kidnapped by somebody, and then the cops actually got involved. And then I wound up, you know, making a video that the kid was found and he was unharmed. I don't know. A lot of people. I feel like being edgy is sometimes good, but also kind of ruins friendship. And well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a, it was a good learning curve for you, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I still continue to do more edgy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But you know what the consequences are. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there was also another time where I made a video, and this was all stage, where my fiance cheated on me. So I took shots of water, which was supposed to be vodka. And I wound up shooting her, which with a, it was a BB gun, but and it was unloaded. So I didn't actually shoot her. I just put the sound effects in there. Mm. And... My whole family got really freaked out by it. Yeah. And I, I, well, I, I understand. I mean, being British, we'd be freaked out about that as well because we just don't really have, there's not really a lot of guns knocking about over here. Yeah. So guns, guns kind of great. The idea of guns doesn't go down with us too well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And that, that's the thing. Not you gotta... not part of, it's not part of our culture. <laughs> <laughs> what about like knives? Oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. People, well, I mean, you've got, you'll have people with guns as well, but what I'm saying is not everybody's got a gun here. Oh, really? Yeah, nobody has guns, yeah. There's just just the odd criminal, just criminal, some criminals. See, I, the, maybe, maybe, maybe the police, some certain police as well. But on the whole, they don't have them. Pretty cool, I, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, compared to where I come from, there's guns all over. I mean, it... Yeah, I know, I know, well, that's... that. I mean, I saw a few guns coming out in Hollywood and stuff like that, and I just thought, mm, not feeling this. It's it's uh, very volatile, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there is a lot of gun violence, too. I mean, I just read a story. There's this place, like, two hours away from where I'm at, and I go, I have a summer house in the you know mountains. Turns out somebody pulled a gun on somebody at a Walmart, and I'm thinking, why, why are we pulling guns on people? Yeah. I feel like this pandemic has made people a lot more crazy and I see it. It's just sad. Some of the stuff that we're going through. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously people are, 
living in a bubble. So they're delving into their own minds and they're probably probably doing it with a bit of, I don't know, some of the some of the green stuff that's going about. It's hydroponic. I don't know, it's opiated or whatever or that, but it sends people really right, you know, really kind of suicidal, mm. doesn't it? And, and and depressed. Makes people depressed and makes them and then something clicks and then they just go off the rails, don't they? I don't know. Yeah. So you know, because obviously you're stuck in a house. A lot of people, if you're on there, you're not got family or a girlfriend living with you and stuff and you're on your own and you're in lockdown and stuff it's got to be awful that isn't it yeah i mean so when i was when we were on lockdown the first time my fiance worked i was unemployed i was at home by myself for eight hours a day until she got home and i would do it monday through friday and then the weekend came and it was fine but i was actually kind of depressed the whole time because i'm sitting here and i'm like what am i doing with my life i can't go it's out. normal it's, it's normal it's normal. What else can you do? <laughs> it's it's really normal. So, I mean, you know, so people turn to things, don't they? they just, you know, people turn to things, drink, whatever. And uh, to try and uh, use it as a crutch to try and help them through it all. But, I mean, it's... I mean, it's nice to be able to kind of think, well, okay, maybe I could do something creative. Maybe I could do something for myself or build something and stuff like spend time on that, start buzzing on doing something for yourself. It's, uh, that, that, you know, that's nice. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, I, I, I don't drink or smoke or anything, so I'm pretty boring, but I do get, I do get a uh, real buzz off the music and, and the pe- uh, a, lot, a lot of people that, are, you know, there's a lot of people that I love that I'm involved with. Uh, it's like, it's fun. It's, I can't complain really. I've manifested the right people around me, and I won't take on any gigs from uh, from anybody I'm not resonating with 100 percent because it's just no point because they're not going to appreciate what you're doing anyway. Right. Yeah, and, and I also feel, you know, I when I was on lockdown, I just watched, you know, a binge watch TV, and then I did a podcast three days a week, and I interviewed everybody. You know, I interviewed a lot of people. And it, it's so really, that was, I, I bet you were looking forward to that, but that was a really, really good thing to do, wasn't it? Oh, it was fun. I loved it. Every So I get up at 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock every morning, drop her off at work by 7.30, and then I'd come home, watch TV for a couple of hours, and then, like, you know, people would get up that were unemployed. They would just get up at, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, so I would do a podcast from, like, 1 to, you know, 2 or 3, and then by 3 o'clock – driver get up go get her to work and uh, or come back from work and then you know do it all over again and now i'm yeah. working and then i can't really do it i have to do everything like late nights <laughs> which well yeah no, i could appreciate that that's why i didn't mind bending to it a little bit but I, I made me sacrifice coming to the studio especially for you <laughs> yeah. no thank you yeah, thank you a lot though for doing that so, no you're welcome it's my pleasure um so it's good you know it's 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 good it's good to kind of, it's good to kind of put trust in people, even though we didn't know each other. You know, it's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing. It's, that's my spiritual side of it. You know, like kind of going with the flow and feeling as though feeling, feeling as though something's good. We've been putting, you know, in front of us, uh, on our path for a reason. You know, we bumped into each other for a reason. It's all good. You know, and I think that this could be, like, you know, doing interviews with. A lot of people, even me and you, like this could be started like the start of something like really good because, yeah. you know, 
the people that you connect with, the people I connect with, they could look into you. Their people could look, your, you know, friends and family could look into me. And then that's how the following goes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you never know. You never know. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a very healthy situation to be fair, because you, you're getting that, you're getting, uh, you, when you're talking about stuff that uh, it wouldn't matter what job I did really, because you're talking about stuff that people can talk about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's me thinking, oh, I've got to give the, got to give this band that I'm working with a mention, because it's going to tell them blah, blah, blah. I should do that really, but. <laughs> well, I also feel like the stuff that I talk about and stuff that we're talking about, it's, like you have to get people out of their comfort zones and it you know what i mean like i feel like getting out of your comfort zone is a good thing and it's it's a good way to connect with people you know what i mean yeah i, I do i do uh, but um i do but i i don't i don't feel as though i'm out of my comfort zone because i'm quite a very open person anyway yeah no i feel you so it's not it's not a big it's not a big it's not a big hole for me well, I mean, this was a great this was a great interview. Either way, I mean, I enjoyed talking about. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, it's, uh, yeah, so it's yeah, it's really good what you're doing, uh, and uh, you know, it's nice to be. Talk- did you did you want to did you want to did you want me to talk about some of the stuff I got up to? Or? Yeah, do you have anything coming up in the future? Well, I'm, yeah, I've got lots of stuff going on at the moment. Um, we've got a musical coming on soon. We just finished the, um, we just finished the album for the musical. You know, with all the actors on and stuff. It's original, original music. Um, it's a, it's a, pl- it's like a musical called Birdsong in Bedlam. It's going to be on in, it's going to be on in Britain in a place called Bolton, Albert Hall in Bolton. Um, in August, um, and it's by uh, Archeron, which is the production company. So I've, I've kind of involved with that, and we're, we're doing five EPs as well after that, and and a commercial album of some of the songs, all the, all the other Archeron stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in the middle of that, which is pretty cool. That's um, and that's it. The the first album, which is the actual musical album with the uh, with the actors on. That's on on major uh, media plays like Spotify and Apple Music and all that kind of thing, and that's um, like as I said, Bird Song in Bedlam. It's called by Archeron. so the, you can check the album out of that. Um, so that's that's cool. Obviously, I've got a single out myself from, reg, uh, from a reggae album I've not released yet, and that's that's because my. Uh, my artist name is Pash, which is Paul Alexander Simon Hutchinson. Um, so obviously, when I'm producing, people just call me Paul Pash Hutchinson. Um, and so that that that's that's cool. That the album's called Digital Skank. <laughs> and uh, yeah, skanking, 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 skanking. <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> you have a great voice, I have to admit, though. Thank you, bro. No problem, man. So, you have, so you're going to be pretty busy then, I imagine. 
oh yeah, I'm going to be busy. I'm expecting uh, there's a band called Moonshine Rebels coming back in. They do like Celtic stuff, really cool, like tribal Celtic stuff. Oh man, it's really good. But they've got some stuff out at the moment. So moonshinerebels.com, you can check it all out. Got videos with it and stuff. Um, that's they're coming back. I'm also working with uh, a lady called Eva Marcon. Um, she's African, but I think she was brought up in Italy and she she just moved from Berlin to Manchester. And uh, she's kind of very punky actually, but so we're doing some right kind of it's like I don't know, it's like electronic music with metal in it. So that's interesting. Um there's quite a few others, quite a few others we're do, doing right now. But I'm concentrating on, I'm on my next album because I've done the reggae album, even though it's not out yet. But I think the second and third single is going to be coming out soon, which is the Pash one, the Digital Skank. And then I'm, uh, I'm kind of a third of the way through my heavy album. It's kind of doing like heavy rock and a bit of metal and stuff like that. But the real songs, I'm doing real songs, and and and, the, and it's all big grooves as well. I like big grooves. Yeah, that's that's me. That's the fun bit. But yeah, I'm quite busy, so that's why probably I've not had a day off for a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> the next couple of weeks I'm going to be busy as well too. I mean, the next few months, I have a lot of things planned. So, like I said earlier i had the six-year show which is going to be probably online i mean i'm not sure what i'm doing with it yet just if if this whole COVID thing gets you know out of control or under control then i'll probably like ask like you know somebody at a bar like hey you know can i do my six-year show right here i have a couple bands i want to perform you know i'll do that live um i am working on a movie myself brilliant what's that called it's called pandemic all right nice one so it's going to be based off of COVID-19, but we're not going to call it COVID-19. I don't want to put like... A yeah, whole... it's got, yeah, it's a bit overplayed, isn't it? Yeah. So it's going to be a different... It's going to be kind of like... Um, you ever seen the movie uh, I Am Legend? No, I haven't actually. It's kind of like... It's kind of like something like that. So basically, it's like the last man on earth type of deal. Except, oh, right. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. Except there's going to be people still on earth, but I don't know who... Like, I don't know who they are, if they have a virus or whatnot, but... I wrote this whole script last year when I had off and I'm actually did a few clips last week. I'm probably going to do a few more tonight, but uh, yeah, I'm working on that. Then I'm also doing this creative series called unexplainable where it's, you know, going to these haunted locations, seeing if I could like, you know, debunk like the paranormal theories or, you know, see if there's a ghost in this like insane asylum. So I'm trying to work on all that stuff too at the yeah. same time. So yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? Oh, I have a whole bunch of stories about that. And uh, I was not, isn't there a yes or no answer for that one? Well, I, I didn't see a ghost, but I've had experiences. So, I mean, in my apartment where I used to live, Tori and I were, I was doing dishes. Tori was in the bathroom. We had this camera. So we have cameras in our house right now. But anyways, we had this camera facing our fish tank and we heard a loud clap. And I'm thinking, I go out into the, the living room I'm like why are you clapping she's like i didn't clap at all so we looked back on the footage and we heard the clap on camera it was weird there's nobody in our place it was just the two of us um let's see there there was this time i was walking my uh dog max out at like three in the morning up in my summer house and i want to give give into a little backstory so my summer house it's on the river 
and it's in the middle of the woods. My aunt was driving by one day and she saw this little girl just like looking down in the fetal position. She didn't want to stop because she was running late for work. So fast forward four years later, I'm walking my dog at three in the morning. I hear a little girl laughing and I'm thinking, yeah, it's nothing. You know, I'm tired. I don't want to, you know, I, I didn't know what it was. Then I heard another laugh and I'm like, okay, now I knew there was like a little girl laughing behind me. So I just like ran inside because I was like a little freaked out. But mm. I mean, I've had experiences, but I've never seen one, but I, but that's the thing I'm doing right now. Like it's called unexplainable. I do my own like ghost hunting tour, you know, stuff with my friends and yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like in, in the dark ages in it when there was still electricity and magnetism and no one could see it. So did it exist? You know what I mean? So there's all, there's all kinds of things out there, man, that we don't quite understand right now, but I don't know. I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's all energies, and it? it's all there's different energies, and it's like your soul and stuff like that. You know, when and they they say like because your soul keeps on keeps on living, and the energy can't die; it just transforms. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just yeah. to see. I mean, I don't know. I've had stuff happen, but I mean, I never really seen a ghost yet. Which is something I'm really excited to see if I find one. Yeah. Should be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, I think it's a lot of people seen them. Have you seen one? Yeah, of course I have, yeah. I mean, I was, when I was, when I was um, growing up, when I, my first house in Liverpool, it was like a three-story, really old, like Victorian-type house, and uh, I was only two years old, and and like I kept asking my mum where where where, where my auntie was, stuff like that. She, and uh, anyway, I'd been seeing this 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 woman who was really nice to me for, for for a couple of years and stuff like that, and I was really upset when I found out that she no one else knew about her. So I was so I saw her a lot, didn't I? So mad that, isn't it? So I thought she was part of the family because I was only two. Right. <laughs> so I seen this woman, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of weird. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's like crazy. It's, it's crazy because I remember feeling, I remember feeling disappointed or, or upset because, you know, because they wouldn't re recognize her or, or she she didn't, you know, like. She, I don't, it took me years to realize that actually, you know, I was obviously seeing something. Yeah, I mean, we had a, I had a connecting dream with my uncle. Wow. So, so my uncle Paul he passed away, and my uncle Jimmy who is alive. So he, my uncle Jim had a dream that he was just laying on the couch watching TV, and he saw my deceased uncle walk into the room that I happened to be sleeping in. Well, I had a dream that my uncle was in the room watching me. And we had that dream the same night. It was really weird. And um, that was our connecting dream that we had. And we share that like weird memory. And it's, it's pretty interesting that we have had that because I don't think anyone's ever had a connecting dream or if they have, you know, they don't really talk about it as much. Um, maybe, maybe people have had a lot and, and they never get to know about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, people, you got words for it, haven't you? Psychosynchronous and stuff like that. 
I, I mean, yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, I've always wanted to see a medium, though. I wanted to see what type of energy I've had. And I've, I've always wanted to. See, I've always wanted to see a large. Yeah. That's a joke, by the way. Medium and large. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, it depends. It's kind of forcing it a bit. I mean, I always think, I always think, like, whatever happens, whatever you experience, it's like meant to be, and you can get into it and stuff like that. But you know, as people go into into the medium thing, and people go into uh, people go into like even tarot cards and stuff like that. So it's kind of forcing the issue a bit there. So you might be asking for some wrong information, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think the tarot cards, I think that's just a little too extreme for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. Me too. But I mean, I'm sure there's people out there all right with it. But I mean, God bless them, you know. But um, I, I, And when I did, uh, remember I told you, you know, it, became a, it became a Reiki master in the French Alps? Yeah. And we're in like a... So I was staying. I was staying with them while I was there, and uh, my Reiki, Reiki master teacher called Julie, and she um, she was telling me about uh, her past lives and all that kind of stuff, and and the um, all the angels that are looking after her and all kinds of stuff like that. She said, "But you can you can actually see them. there's a thing where you you look opposite each other." One has the hands down on the knee and one has the hands up. And you can see all their you can see all their past lives and stuff like that. It gets a bit it gets a bit and it's not frightening either. It's kind of it just it just is what it is. Yeah. I mean, so I, so I, she, she said she said you can see see them for me if you want. So well I said okay. So I'm not really bothered, but she said, Oh, would you do it for me? I said, Well, okay then. So I so I saw all these kind of different faces come through her face kind of thing hmm. you know um that was interesting it's like you know like like uh there was oh, there was all kinds of things different things from ways of life you know yeah. chiefs and tribes and all kinds of stuff it's yeah. nuts man yeah well it is it is but i mean this you know not something not something that I, not something I'd do again and not something that really floats my boat, to be honest. But, uh, you know, but I, mean, I do use Reiki every day. I make a point of trying to send as much love to the earth and to the universe as humanly possible and all the people on it and try to keep a good vibe about everything and just keep it all for that. And positivity is also the way that you get to what you want, to get what you want and to get where you want. Yeah. What was I about to Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, it's it feeds you know it it feeds the the next thing, doesn't it? It's a catalyst for the next thing. Yeah. Do you have a message of hope for uh, you know the COVID nineteen thing going on? Like, do you have a message of hope for the people who are listening? Um. Yeah, just try and keep focused about what you want in life, and then move towards that. It doesn't all have to be done outside of your own place. Or outside of your own head, to be honest, and uh, try and find a way to 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 uh, to follow your heart and feed your soul. I like that. 
Is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, head out of here? Because I know it's getting late on your end. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. It's only quarter to nine. <laughs> you have any, you have any plans tonight or? Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go back and I'm just gonna go back and watch match of the day, watch the football today's football when I get back. You know, highlights. So football is soccer complete. Yeah. yeah, okay. Do you yeah, that's right. now you don't have you guys have like uh NHL or NHL. You guys have like the American football in uh London? Um we we've got access to it. Got access on, e, e, on ESPN and stuff. Um, I mean, I mean, like say so today, I, I I recorded the UFC last night and watched that today. Oh, you're a UFC fan. Oh yeah. Who's your favorite UFC fighter? Oh, there's there's quite a few of them. I couldn't I couldn't really go for one. But obviously, obviously, I really like Conor McGregor. That I, I, I like his that. style. I like his style the way he does it. But you know, but there's there's quite a few good. There's quite a few really good ones out there. If if my fiance was awake, she would tell you a whole lot of information about Conor McGregor. She's sleep, she's taking a nap right now, but <laughs> she's a big McGregor fan. And we saw the fight that happened about like two three weeks ago, however long it was, like a month ago or whatever. But uh, yeah, she's a yeah. big McGregor fan. Yeah, he needs to be a bit more busy, that's all. Oh, yeah, some of the crazy shit he's done. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean in the in the octagon, he just needs to be a bit busier to get to get to get his mojo back, doesn't he? Yeah. I did karate for 12 years, taekwondo. All right, cool. I'm a third degree black belt, yeah. Excellent. So so do you do you watch UFC as well? Yeah, I watch it. I'm not as big as a as a fan yeah. as she is, but I'll watch it because it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, sports great, man. Sports good. Yeah, I used to. I I also I did cross country in high school. I wrestled. Uh, I played soccer for uh, three years as a kid. So, and I skateboarded a little bit as well, as you could probably tell behind me. The skateboard. Yeah. Skateboard right behind me. Yeah. So. Oh no! I thought it was a boom microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, skateboarding's cool. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. I, th- I think what I'd like to say is, is a little bit about about my job because produ- producers, because everyone thinks they could do everything at home and they can. But the, it's like when you're using when you're using a let's say a a, a specialist producer, um, who uh, especially if someone is totally respectful to the plight of where you've gone with your music in the first place um it's like this they're like gold dust do you know what i mean it's like the gold dust they, they can enhance they can take your music to way way levels above do you know what i mean yeah and, and not a lot of people real, realize that because obviously um it's cause basically you're just trying, trying to recreate a lot of qualities and re- recreate a pair of ears, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like the way the way the way the brain perceives it, the way the ears hear it, and the and the the elation you get from it, the spirituality you get from it, the power you get from it, everything the way it's perceived. Well, that's you know you know it's it's like if you you know um, 
and obviously being musical as well, you can, can kind of help people. But I just wanted to say a lot, there, there are specialist producers out there and there's a reason for using them. Even if you do stuff in your bedroom, there's a reason for using those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, um, it's, it's, they, can, they can get debt. They can make, make, they can make mixes three-dimensional. You know, and you can have all those qualities. It can be commercial and it can be edgy. It can, can be authentic. You don't have to just have, don't just have to follow one thing. You can have all those aspects in it. And that's what I think, I, I think people don't realise that actually you can have it all. And that's, that's what I see. I interviewed this guy about three, four months ago, he said, you got to work on one thing. You got to, if you want to do interviews, you just got to interview musicians. You can't interview like, you know, different people who come from different backgrounds. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a good idea, but that's not my style. My style. All right. We'll do the interview. And then one, before I do the interview, I'll do my like, intro, like welcome to TJ TV, whatever. And then I'll talk about something that I find interesting. I'm like, all right, so today we have Paul Hutchinson on the show. But before we get on to that, I want to talk about a certain thing that happened. And I'd go on like a little tangent to talk about what I, you know, watched on the news or what's on social media or whatever. And I'm like, all right, now I want to take a quick little break. And, uh, you know, Paul Hutchinson is going to be on. And that's why my type of style of podcasting, because like you get the interview, but you also get like something that I find that's kind of weird in my personal life. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I treat it as a radio show, uh, as a radio show, not just like. Well, well, the thing is, is that no matter where, no matter what we do, we're still, we're still real people with, you know, and there's a lot of magic in everybody. There's, you've just got to look for it, haven't you? Yeah. And a lot of people, they just, you know, a lot of people, I feel they just want to talk about like, you have to focus on one thing. And I'm like, you can't just focus on one thing. You got to focus on more than one thing. Cause that's just the way that's the edgy way of doing it. And that's like the better way of doing it was something that we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. It's, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're doing a good thing and I think you're very open-minded. I think you've got a good brain and a good heart. And I think that'll take you a long way. Yeah. I, I was just actually, no, yeah. Thank you. But I mean, that, that's one thing I, that's one thing I hate um, about being human. So I'll get into a little personal with you. So I know somebody, a family member of mine, she has uh, five years to live. And I was just talking to this, this with Tori uh, a couple nights ago. I'm just like, I hate being human only because when you talk about this with somebody, you have to like, you have to be very, you get, you have to word it a different way. And like, when you like, it's just hard to believe that like when you, when you're talking to this person five years down the line, you don't know if they're going to be here or not because that's what the doctor said. And I was like, I really hate being human because you know, you have to let out these emotions and I hate showing that I'm like upset or like, you know, sad and whatnot. And she's like, well, that means you're a good person with a good heart. And I'm just like, I, I don't like that. I, like, I like it because, you know, it shows that I'm a good person, but I don't like showing my emotions because I feel like it's a sign well, of- no, I, mean, I mean, the English is similar to the Americans now, especially men. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's been, it's like uh, we're growing up, you get, I don't know, you, you know, it's got the, it's the, that's the macho society, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, 
Uh, but, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being tender and loving and caring. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And so the, what, what's the name of the person that's only got five years to live? Her name's uh, Kate. She's a Kate, cousin. Kate, Kate what? Uh, Morgan. Kate Morgan. I'll, I'll send some Reiki and some, I'll pray for her. Thanks. Yeah, man. She's uh, the, so is she, is she watching this. God bless you, Kate. Enjoy your life. Yeah. But also, you never know, though, because, you know, the doctor said, oh, you got five years, but. She- yeah, you never know. You never know. But even so, even so, it's like, um, obviously, she's got she's got some mountains to climb, hasn't she? So, um, but um, just these, I think, I think my, I think if I was in that position and you can only surmise, you know, obviously if you're there, you're there. It's not the same as surmising, but put yourself in that shit those shoes but i think you don't waste a second and you try and enjoy as much as you can and love as much as you can yeah that, that's that's what that's what i would do that that's what you have to that's all you can do i mean i treat every day like it's my last yeah 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 well that's good i, I used to do that on stage when i was performing on stage we used to always treat every gig as, as it was the last one i was ever going to do it's a good idea it you know, just helps you helps you to, you know, extract 100% from it. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, no, no. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Uh, not at the moment, no. I think we're uh, I think we're all good. Hey, but uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, this will be up by tomorrow, by the way. Could you share this once I uh, post it all? Yeah, yeah. You're going you're gonna to give me the link and everything, aren't you? Oh yeah. Is there, do you mind if I, is there a picture I could use on your like Facebook for a thumbnail? Um, it should be. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll just it grab be, it. I think my main, I think my main one is on there. I could use that one for a thumbnail. Yeah, sure. You can. Yeah. Awesome. I think, I think it's that one in the, in the, in the circle. Yeah. Yeah. That'd well, be cool. Well, Hey man, thank you for coming on and thank you for staying a little late, man. I know it's, about nine o'clock where you're at right now yeah it's okay my pleasure it just felt like the right thing to do so and uh i know i want to support somebody trying to do something positive anyway you know um so i hope you get a lot more people who you really you know who, who you resonate with and and it, and uh it's going to be great for your show definitely thank you yeah man there's a lot of stuff that's you know i have big plans for the future doing this Good to hear. Excellent. Yeah. No, I support. I support that hundred percent. Thanks, man. I support what you're doing. And hey, maybe if I ever get a chance to come to England, Liverpool, yeah, we could always link up. Oh yeah, you can come to the studio for a brew. That's what we say instead of a cup of tea. We always say a brew. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I know it probably brew means probably beer there, but it means a cup of tea. <laughs> Yeah, it brew, a brew here is uh is beer. Yeah, I thought so. I'm just gonna say. I just thought of it when I said it. I just thought, <laughs> yeah, it means a cup of tea here. Tea yeah. bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, TJ, take care, buddy. Thanks for everything. All right, and, thank uh, you. Um, I'll, uh, I'll correspond with you anyway, and uh, um, um, I'll send you. I'll send you some stuff as well. Awesome. Some stuff. Bounce it off you. See, see what you think. Definitely, yeah, and I'll I'll let you know. I'll give you uh, feedback and whatnot. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, DJ, have a great day, buddy. You too. Have a good night. Bye.
Thank, thank you, bud. Bye, TJ. Bye. Bye-bye, mate. All right, guys, that was Paul Hutchinson. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back in just a few seconds. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up the TJTV podcast today. Um, like I said, if you're new, make sure you like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor.fm. Whoa, <laughs> that was a weird accent. Okay, so, yeah, like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. Go follow me, TJ's Vlogs, on YouTube, TJTV on YouTube as well, and Facebook, Gleason Photography and Videography, and, uh, yeah, it's a fun show. A really fun show. It's about an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, hopefully, everyone enjoys the hour and 30 minutes show. Uh, like I said, we got a few shows this week. We got one show on Wednesday, which is just going to be, you know, a fun episode. We'll just, you know, talk about what's going on that day. Uh, we have an interview on Friday. And, yeah, so, all right, gang. I'll see you guys later. Peace out. Um, bye. Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow and then the days got worse and worse and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away, haha. We want to hear from you. Please email us at tjg0114 at yahoo.com. We are looking forward to hearing your feedback. And if you want to talk to me on Instagram and add me, follow me at tgleason23 on Instagram. We look forward to hearing your feedback. Thanks and bye. Also, remember to listen to TJTV middays, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Peace out.